And you know what? He really did. He really did. A little after 6 p.m. last night. Commit number nine is in the class. Xavier Robinson picks OU live from Carl Albert High School last night. And I got to say, Parker Thune, selfishly, I really enjoyed this recruitment for the last week. We thought it was uh, pretty solidly OU coming down the stretch. There were no rumors on decision day. There were no surprises whatsoever with the live announcements. Um, Low drama. Low drama. That was a fun one to follow. That was a low, stressful one. I appreciated that from Xavier Robinson. I I liked that a lot last night. Got to love a good low drama recruitment. man. And that's what this one was. It wasn't always that way. Again, there was a point not long ago, like within the last three, four weeks, where – Kind of felt like he was going to Iowa State at the end of it all. But definitely ever since that official visit in the middle of June, or I guess latter half of June, uh, we've gotten the sense that Xavier Robinson was going to be a Sooner. And look, this is – I know it's an in-state kid. I know it's a three-star. I know that? that, I know. People people inevitably are going to find issue with it. People are going to nitpick about the addition. But, A – you mentioned the stats yesterday. This is a kid that rushed for almost 2,600 yards as a junior. And B, Oklahoma and DeMarco Murray, like they had to fight tooth and nail to get this kid's commitment because Matt Campbell and Iowa State, they were months ahead of everybody else in offering Xavier Robinson. Those relationships that he had with the staff up in Ames were tight. And so this was a tougher pull than it would have been for your standard in-state prospect. I felt like the uh, the timeline was uh, uh, Iowa State was the leader in the beginning. Then OU gets the lead after the initial offer. Then Notre Dame creeps in, and they were kind of the flavor of, of the week or flavor of the month. Then maybe Iowa State jumps back in front, and then Oklahoma prevails in the end. So I, I guess the question here is, why was OU able to prevail in the end over Iowa State, Notre Dame, and a, a lot of other offers out there? Because it sounds like Iowa State was saying, dude, like, you are a true running back for us, and that's what you're going to be. Obviously, that's not as clear uh, at OU, especially that there's a chance they could sign the number one running back in the uh, number one running back class in the country this year. But what ultimately won out here for OU? No, it's DeMarco Murray at the end of the day, because uh, this is a guy that has done it at the highest level, both collegiately and professionally. And so if you're wanting to get to the league, as Xavier Robinson is, would you rather learn from DeMarco Murray or would you rather take your chances at a place like Iowa State? And that's no knock on Iowa State, but Iowa State doesn't have a former NFL Offensive Player of the Year coaching running backs. Uh, so. No, they do not. They do not. So all, all Oklahoma really David had Montgomery to do. Montgomery wants to come back and coach for him, I guess. They yeah, all, all Oklahoma really had to do was flex their muscles. They got the chance to do that on the official visit, and at that point – as much as Xavier Robinson liked Ohio State and appreciated what that staff poured into him, oh, you just couldn't be denied. Yeah, look, I, I, I know that you remember the conversation um, about, what, a year and a half ago? Remember when there were serious doubters on DeMarco Murray's ability to recruit or maybe even do this job at a high level? You, you remember that? I mean, there, there were some out there. And to be fair, what was it in the 2020 class? He came up empty at running back in that one, they put all their eggs in the Kamar Wheaton basket, which kind of a blessing in disguise that they didn't end up getting Kamar Wheaton. Um, but DeMarco, since that class, 
has just been outstanding. Barnes and Sawchuck going to be your one-two. Uh, what, two four-star running backs in last year's class? And this one got a chance to be his best class yet, man. He's just gotten better and better year after year, and he's turned into one of the best recruiting assistant coaches that you have. So I'm not necessarily doing the victory lap over getting Xavier Robinson, who's a three-star. It's just if you look what he's done the past two years and what we all think he's going to do the rest of this class – DeMarco Murray is uh, more than capable of this job, though there were doubters as uh, recently as a year ago. He's the, all right. How about some positivity? No way. Some no positivity way. from the recruiting doomer. Someone stole his, stole his phone. Look at this. It. Look at this. All it takes is the Xavier Robinson commitment, and the most hardened of doomers <laughs> is spreading positivity. Here we go. I don't care. One, two, three, four, five stars. X had almost 2,600 yards rushing yeah. in 5A Oklahoma football and state player of the year in 5A. This kid is a stud. If you put up numbers like that in 5A, come on down, please. And I think 24-7, like the composite, isn't he your lowest-rated recruit in all nine commits that you have right now? So that's your lowest-rated, and we read off the, the, the gaudy stats that he had his junior year yesterday. It's a good get, man. Like, I, I, like Taylor Tatum would be a better running back prospect. Everyone agrees with that. But... Xavier Robinson is a really good get. He's a versatile athlete, six foot two, two hundred twenty pounds. Allow yourself to be excited about this one. It's it's a it's a good get from your own backyard. And um, if he signs, I heard you say this earlier, and I was thinking back. It sounds right. It's just crazy. The first signee that OU would have since J.D. Runnels? That's that's insane. Yeah, it's I mean. crazy. And obviously there have been walk-ons from Carl Albert in the past that have made their way to Oklahoma. But, yeah, I mean, to, to my recollection, to my knowledge, the last Carl Albert Titan to go to Oklahoma on scholarship was J.D. Runnels. So it's been a minute. Ronnie Crimson says, rare recruiting Doomer W. Yeah, loved it. Love to see it. Yeah. Uh, Cherokee Sooner, Parker, please read that text again. I don't believe it's real. I agree with you, Cherokee Sooner. I, I think someone got their phones. Here we go. I don't care. One, two, three, four, five stars. X had almost 2,600 yards rushing in 5A Oklahoma football and state player of the year in 5A. This kid is a stud. If you put up numbers like that in 5A, come on down, please. He it's went right, on to though. Say, I mean, is it right? It is. And he went on to say, I hope we end up talking about Todd Bates in the same way the narrative has switched on DeMarco Murray. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, no kidding, right? And, hey, that could happen next two years with the defensive line class. Heck, maybe it can uh, – I, I, and I don't think the narrative should be, you know, anything other than, like, he's he's a proven recruiter. I, I know it hasn't just happened yet at, at OU, but look back what he did at Clemson. Maybe it just needs to be this year's class where the narrative significantly changes on Todd Bates. And Probably this year's. Tyler from Kellyville asks, any chance X gets his fourth star? I mean, answer me this. If the kid goes for 2,000-plus more yards this fall as a senior and scores 40 more touchdowns, are you not going to kid that give that kid his four-star? Like, Is he going to be in like, the game long enough to have all of those numbers? If he replicates or even approximates the production that he had as a junior in his senior year, you have to give that kid his four yeah, star. And it may be a low four star, but sure. a four star would be it'd be very fair. Yeah. And and hey, man, a, a lot I think a lot of eyeballs are always on Carl Albert here locally, but wouldn't you say like a lot more eyeballs in the region will be on Carl Albert after Kevin Sperry transfers there? Yes. And how dominant they're gonna be and right, wrong, whatever. Like that that will help out his case a little bit to get his fourth star. The hottest ticket in Oklahoma high school football 
for the next two years is going to be Carl Albert. And that's largely due to Kevin Sperry. But also, you get an opportunity to see Kevin Sperry, Xavier Robinson, Tristan Haynes, Trene Washington, and Marcus James on the same football field this fall. Hmm, yeah. I like that. Hey, um, something random for you, but uh, Bob was on with this yesterday on The Rush, and Teddy asked him about the Nebraska comparison, and Bob basically said that's a dumb a opinion <laughs> on that. Quit comparing OU to Nebraska <laughs> because there's really not any similarities whatsoever. And he kind of referenced Cowherd talking about the recruiting similarities and Bob saying that's also a dumb A opinion. There's no real recruiting similarities as well. Look how look at the proximity of the Dallas Metroplex area. Look what's around Nebraska. There's no real recruiting hotbed. You know, I went back, Parker, for this staff, for this current staff, and I looked for the overall number of states that OU either signed a player from in the first two recruiting cycles with this staff or have currently committed in this class? Off the top of your head, how many states do you think have been represented in the past three recruiting classes The past for three. this staff? Yes. And I, and I think I had these numbers right. We can double-check them at some point. But I think I had these numbers right. How many states either committed right now in this class or have signed in the previous two classes? I'm going to mm-hmm. say quickly – Glancing through the archives of my memory, 19 states. Uh, 18 oh, is dang. what I have. Uh, Oklahoma, Colorado, Nevada, Kansas, Texas, Florida, California, Nebraska, Missouri, Washington, North Carolina, Arizona, Mississippi, Louisiana, Pennsylvania, Indiana, New Jersey, and Tennessee. 18 total states. And, hey, if you get um, if you get uh, Wyatt Gilmore here, then it could be 19, you know, coming up here soon from the state of Minnesota. So, I don't know. It's just – I, I think we've all realized that they've had a real national approach to recruiting, but, dude, the number could be at, like, 20 after the first three recruiting classes from the staff, which is pretty incredible. Well, and that's that's another reason, right, why Oklahoma is in no danger of becoming the next Nebraska because they can recruit nationwide. It doesn't matter where. If you get Wyatt Gilmore, you're getting a kid from a state that hasn't produced a Sooner in six decades, Tyler. Six decades. So, the, o- the OU brand carries weight all across the country, and that's all the proof you need right there. I mean, state of Washington, what, they get a offensive lineman in a corner in last year's class, maybe a corner that has a chance to start this year, and you're in on a top 100 linebacker from the state. I mean, y- yeah, I just do a little bit of research, I-, I guess, on what the recruiting has looked like under the new staff. But I- I've told this story before. I was at a radio conference in L.A. in 2019, and Colin Cowherd literally stood on the stage, Parker, and said, I don't really care if I'm right. I just hope that I'm entertaining. I'd rather be entertaining than I would be right. So I think we all recognize uh, who we're dealing with here. 210 says, heard some comparisons for Xavier Robinson to Ramondre Stevenson. What was Ramondre ranked coming out of high school? I'd be thrilled if he was a three-star as well. Ramondre wasn't ranked coming out of high school. Correct. He had to go JUCO before he was any sort of commodity as a recruit. So, yeah, I mean, look, if he becomes Ramondre 2.0, and I can very much see Xavier Robinson having that same career trajectory where he starts out as kind of your bruiser back that puts the game away in the later stages like you lean on him in the third and fourth quarter once that defense is worn out and many forget 
Uh, even though Ramondre Stevenson was pretty much a downhill type of guy, more so than anything else in his career at Oklahoma, he had several long touchdown runs at Oklahoma in 2019. Because once games were in hand for Oklahoma and you just needed somebody to eat clock and batter a an already bruised defense, Stevenson was the guy they turned to. I remember he popped one off against Kansas for 65, 70 yards. There's another one. I have a visual image in my head of him streaking for another long touchdown. Maybe, maybe at against, Owen Field. I can't remember who it was. Oh, well, it wasn't at Owen Field, but maybe in uh, 2020 against Texas Tech. Remember when the run game had struggled a little bit up to that point? He was finally eligible, and I swear he scored like four touchdowns that night in Lubbock on Halloween night. And it was like, oh, here's the running game. It's back again. No, Ramondre's one of those guys too, man, that – you know, we joked about it yesterday. Is like, is he the Patriots' best player right now? Which he might be, and good for him. But, you know, he has some good games at OU in 2020. But at the same time, it's man, if he realized his full potential at at OU, I don't think he would have been Demarco or Adrian Peterson level. But man, he could have been one of the better running backs that you've had in the past, you know, five eight years or so. But he's just turned it on the league, man. He's been a really good player. So if Xavier Robinson is anything close to Ramondre Stevenson at this level, uh, yeah, I think you'll you'll take that and not even think twice about it. All right, 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. lot to get to today in the world of recruiting. Who's going to have a higher-ranked class, Oklahoma or Texas? We spent a lot of time during last year's uh, recruiting cycle debating that. Well, what about now, here at the end of June? Are you going to have a higher-ranked class in Texas? We'll talk about that and a whole lot more coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans. What up, Ref Army? Listening nationwide once again today on the free and official KREF app. Northville, Michigan is tuned in today. Clinton, Indiana. Pensacola, Florida. Evans, Georgia. Portland, Oregon, Salina, Kansas, Vermilion, South Dakota, Webster, New York, small Oklahoma town of the day, Hinton, Oklahoma. Uh, Ref Army Locator brought to you by K&N Furniture Consignment with locations in OKC and in Norman on Main Street. Much more than furniture consignment, K&N is a full design center and will beat any local competitor's price on fabrics. One more thing on the official KREF app. Uh, if you haven't already, it would probably be a good idea to go to your settings and turn on your notifications for the KREF app because in a situation like this morning, maybe you're away from the radio, maybe you're away from the app, well, Baker Mayfield was on the Plank Show earlier today. And once we have big-time guests like Bake, once big news breaks, we put that at a notification or on a notification on the app so you will get that immediately in a heads up to tune in right away when someone like the uh, 2017 Heisman Trophy winner is uh, joining us on the show, which was uh, really fun. Real quick, uh, OU Big 12 Media Day participants coming up next month. Uh, let me know if this tells you anything whatsoever. You've got Dylan Gabriel going. You've got uh, Danny Stutzman going. You have Jonah Laulu going. Interesting at all that Laulu is going to a Big 12 Media Day, and then Drake Stoops is going. Those four? Yeah, those, those four. four. Okay, so Stutz, Gabriel... Jonah Laulu, Drake Stoops. I mean, that's you know obviously the quarterback is going to go. That's kind of a given. Um, 
Stutzman being the leader of the defense, it makes sense that he gets the nod. Drake no surprise Stoops with those. No surprise with those three. Yeah, really. exactly. Drake Stoops is the consummate program representative, and beyond that, I mean, it's, it's just kind of a wild card. Like Jonah Laulu is an elder statesman amongst the defensive linemen. The staff clearly – I mean, they think highly enough of him that he was the one that hosted Williams and Winery on his official visit. Oh, nice. So, I don't know. Maybe. Granted, Laulu didn't do a ton last year for Oklahoma on the field. He did have that one interception of Spencer Sanders in Bedlam, which was memorable. But uh, clearly there is a trust there uh, from the Oklahoma football staff in Laulu. Caden Massey. Big-time offensive lineman deciding tomorrow at 7.30. And I know that because he tweeted it out. <laughs> huh? Ole Miss, Nebraska, OU, and Kansas State. And the scuttle seems to be uh, centered around Nebraska more than 24 I, hours away. Now, I will say this much. Nobody knows for sure right now. That kid is keeping things as close to the vest as you could imagine. But – I've been talking to a lot of sources this morning and on into the early afternoon here about the Massey situation, and most signs seem to point towards Nebraska right now. That seems to be where this thing's headed. If not Nebraska, I'm guessing OU and Kansas State would be next, correct? And Ole Miss is uh, sitting at four right now? Right now, in order, man out. if I had to rank them right now, Oklahoma, or, uh, I would go Nebraska at one. Kansas State at two, Oklahoma at three, and and uh, we'll miss at four. Well, don't get your hopes up then. Maybe pay attention tomorrow at 730 uh, in case something shocking happens, unlike the Xavier Robinson announcement last night. Uh, but, yeah, sounds like pay attention to that. Um, I'm not saying that I am, but I just had this written down in the rundown sheet. Is there a position that at the end of June we're kind of like, ooh, okay, like – Maybe I'm not worried, but let's see what happens with this spot. And I think, obviously, defensive line is, sure. is that until, you know, you get a stone or an area or someone. I'm really talking about offensive line here. Like, how should we feel about offensive line commits moving forward if Caden Massey isn't a part of this class? I like, I, And I, I will be completely honest. Maybe this is not what people want to hear. Maybe, maybe people hate this rationale or hate this. A school of thought, Tyler. But to me, you know, I I almost liken it to the wide receiver group because many have heard me say on these airwaves before, I never worry about the wide receiver room at Oklahoma regardless of the personnel that comprise it because you know that at the University of Oklahoma somebody's going to break out. Somebody always has, even if it's not entirely clear who. Go back to 2020, Marvin Mims is a great example. Right, I think OU's three starting wideouts heading into that season were Charleston Rambo, Theo Howard, and Obi Obiallo. And then Marvin Mims, as a true freshman, ended up being the best of the bunch. I kind of feel the same way with Bill Biedenboe's recruiting, which is to say that, I look, I like Oklahoma and think they lead right now for Grant Bricks and for Eddie Pierre-Louis, and I think they've got a good shot with Casey Poe. They're doing battle with Alabama there. Any way you slice it, Here's kind of what I'm getting at. Bill Biedenboe could miss on every single one of his top targets, and I would not bat an eye. Because time after time, he has proven over the years that he is capable of evaluating talent, whether they are highly regarded players or whether they're three stars. He is capable of evaluating talent with the long-term capability to play football at a high level at Oklahoma and beyond and developing said talent into NFL talent. 
And so if Bill Biedenboe ends up with a class of four three-stars, which I don't think happens, but if that's the case, I know plenty of folks are going to take him to task for it on message boards. I will not be one of those people that worries about it. Todd Bates, which, by the way, those three names that you listed there, you you mentioned Bricks, you mentioned Poe, and you mentioned, uh, God, the kid from Florida. Eddie Pierre-Louis. Yeah, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good offensive that, line that'd class. That'd be a right really there. good offensive yeah. line class. Yeah, that's now solid. I I lean Alabama right now for Casey Poe. So does I don't Todd think Bates' nemesis on the text yeah, line. I don't I, no, I don't think it's over. I don't think it's over. I saw some Bama predictions fly in. There's some substance behind those predictions, but to say the race is over is premature. It's a two team race right now between OU and Bama. And I give the slight edge to Bama right now. I also think it's not enough of an advantage that OU, with the right pitch and the right conversations with that kid and his family over the next couple of weeks, can't turn the tide. Pun fully intended. And fair point, Todd Bates' nemesis on the text line. We can't whiff on dudes, Parker. We're going to the SEC. O-line, D-line matter than every position besides quarterback. So it is more of a, like, hey – I, there, there's something about being able to, you know, maybe hide things a little bit more in the Big 12 until you get to the postseason. The SEC, especially when we know what that 24 schedule looks like, um, you got a weak offensive line. It's going to get exposed, man. It's it's going to get exposed uh, week in and week out. So can't can't have multiple whiffs. But again, side. and I I want to bring back a conversation that we had, I believe, on Monday. Tyler, where you kind of ran down the list of the number one running back in the class over the last 12, 13 years, something like that. And one of the things we mentioned at the time was with running backs, generally the upper echelon of running back recruits in any given class, you're going to have a very high hit rate in terms of what those guys do collegiately and where their draft stock stands when they're ready to move on to the NFL. A lot of the top running backs in the country – and you can say the same for several other positions, but a lot of top running backs in the country are going to end up becoming prolific at the collegiate level and end up having NFL careers. It's the diametric opposite for offensive line. I bet if you looked at the upper echelon of offensive line recruits over the last decade or so, the hit rate is going to be not nearly as high because it's such a difficult position to project out of high school. Well, I mean, I guess OU is unfortunately an example here. Their highest-ranked offensive lineman they signed in 10 years. Did he ever start one game here? Bingo. Well, he actually started two, two? which I would have forgotten. But, yeah, Bray Walker apparently started two games at Oklahoma. But uh, imagine the outcry if you put a Bray Walker – in the same cycle as a Ben Powers, for instance. And Bill Biedenboe misses on the kid from right up the road, but he goes and signs the three-star Juco kid from the state of Kansas. He'd take all the flack in the world for it, and then five years later, he'd be laughing all the way to the bank. 402, not OU recruiting related, but did y'all see the video of Xavier Worthy clicking the link of Burnt Toast transferring to Houston and laughing pretty good? I saw that about five or six times. Uh, just to make sure that was Xavier Worthy, just to make sure that I was seeing that video right. Yes, in case you missed it yesterday. And it's different. Like two radio dudes, like Parker and I, who were laughing at, oh, Latrell McCutcheon going back to Houston. They play Texas this year. Oh, boy, that's going to be interesting. There is a video of like Texas wide receivers in a meeting. (laughs) 
Xavier Worthy is clicking on the link, the same link that we all saw about Latrell McCutcheon going to Houston and laughing about it. So, <laughs> whoa, that, uh, that, was, that was something yesterday. Yes, I absolutely did see that. And uh, I got to say, I, I laughed at it. And Xavier I'll, Worthy seems quite excited to go I'll up against McCutcheon I'll laugh even McCutcheon harder. Again. Is it like September 23rd or something like that that Houston goes to Austin? I'll laugh even harder when Latrell McCutcheon is conveniently experiencing hamstring cramps right well, that before game that game is starts. in Houston. Yeah, that game is in Houston. Oh, it is in Houston? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So maybe he'll use the uh, Houston humidity as a reason to, uh, you know. Does he want the smoke? Uh, Probably not. Probably I would not. say no. Uh, by the way, look, I, and I don't think that this – I, I think rarely it, it ever does, but it's just fun to say, you know, who's going to have the higher ranked class this year, Texas or OU? Texas currently has the number 56 ranked class. They've got a lot ahead of them, including Kobe Black, who they're training nicely for, the five-star corner. OU currently sitting at 41 on 24-7, though on on three, they're 18, which is interesting. Um, is there a feel here towards the end of June Who's got a better chance to land the higher-rated class between Oklahoma and Texas? Oh, you've got a little bit of a lead here. I give the edge to Oklahoma. All dependent on defensive line recruiting. Yeah, and I think, to me, the guy that could elevate Texas over Oklahoma in this cycle, were they to land him, would be Colin Simmons. Like it, Sands Colin Simmons, I don't think there's any way Texas has a higher-ranked class than Oklahoma. But even if they do land Colin Simmons, Oklahoma can counter with the tag team of David Stone and williams Nuaneri, And then, you know, top well, tier outweighs top tier. It's like Xavier Robinson said. Uh, I, and look, man, like this is nothing new. Like, I think anyone who follows this stuff knows. We talked about it on Friday last week. The biggest thing, and we're going to say this until the day that it potentially happens. Hey, what's the best thing that could happen for OU today? It's the case now. It's the case next week. It's the case next month. Again, it's the case until it actually happens. The best thing for OU that could happen to OU recruiting today is if David Stone commits. Because not just getting a five-star defensive lineman, but who else he's going to bring along with him. So we've already known that. But for Xavier Robinson to say that publicly after his announcement yesterday um, was something, wasn't it? Yeah, David Stone, that could be like a – that's the guy I want to see commit because he's going to bring some players along with him too. So again, it's obvious to everyone. Probably the most obvious statement Xavier Robinson could have made, but it's one thing for us to say it, and it's another thing for somebody that has grown up around David Stone yeah. to say it. So you take that with a little bit more validity, I would say. Uh, another thing that we already knew, but Xavier Robinson said it last night. Yeah, the SEC definitely uh, had an impact in this recruitment. Maybe it wasn't the overwhelming impact. I don't think it necessarily was, but it was. Uh, it was at least a factor. So that's that's something for an Oklahoma kid. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. More Cruton coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. We are the Homeless Sooner fans inside the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. I saw that uh, Rivals updated their class of 2025 rankings, and... <laughs> I noticed that Bishop Gorman in Vegas, which I think every OU fan is aware of Bishop Gorman. They've had a lot of success there in the past recruiting. Apparently, Bishop Gorman in 2025 will have an offensive line. These, guys, these kids are going to be juniors this year. But Bishop Gorman's going to have an offensive line that their 2025 kids, they have three offensive linemen, at least three that are ranked in the 25 rankings. They've got one five-star and two four-stars across their offensive line out there at Gorman. 
Whoa, what? They're going to have those those three guys for the next two years out there at Gorman? Now, I know that year in and year out, they're one of the best high school programs in the nation, but, geez, three of your five O-linemen might be rated four stars or higher? That's yeah, deadly. Yeah, methinks Michigan's running back commit, who hails from Bishop Gorman right now, is probably going to skyrocket in the rankings this fall. Yeah. Like a Kaapana. You're running behind those big boys. <laughs> going to put up numbers well let's hope OU uh, continues to have good fortunes out there in uh, Vegas if they've got three uh, highly ranked blue chip offensive linemen out there dang might need to uh, might need to make that happen hey we had fun uh, yesterday with uh, some text line comps for Xavier Robinson we got a lot of different ones uh, Billy Sims the bus Jerome Bettis uh, Ramondre Stevenson. We were kind of all, all over the place. That was fun yesterday. In the spirit of comp season, there is a comp out for uh, Williams Winery right now. Five-star defensive lineman. And it is? <laughs> A.J. Epinza? Epinesa? Epinesa? Is yeah. That, yeah. From from Iowa? Yeah, he, who, he was who a left a year early. I think, I think he was second, according to Wikipedia, at least. He was a second-round draft pick. Oh, look, I, he was a nice player at Iowa. I think he finished like third or fourth in career sacks for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Like, it's just, I, I don't know, it, it just kind of goes to the running joke on this show about five-star prospects that OU's in on, and they're like, oh, okay, let's let's hear the comp, let's hear the comp. Oh, yeah, I've kind of heard of that guy's name. You want to huh. hear, hear the comp I've heard thrown around a lot from people that run in williams Nuaneri's circle? By people that coach him, train him, get to see a lot of him. Here's here's the comp a lot of them have made, and I think it's a valid one. This will move the needle a little bit more than the AJ Epinesa comp. How about Julius Peppers? Um, I, that's about as nice of a comp as you could have. So that means he's also going to play on the basketball team like Julius Peppers did at North Carolina. I mean, hey, at this rate, Porter going to need another big man. One Dang, way or another. I'm just saying, let's go. Julius Peppers is one of the uh, finer defensive players, opposing defensive players, that we've seen on Owen Field the past 25 years. So, uh, yeah, I think that that is, uh, if that's any sort of true, that would be something to be excited about. Julius Peppers. Do you think that's way too aggressive of a comp? I don't because think that it's too aggressive. Freak, though, like, just a freak athlete, like, man. Well, very much like P.J. Atabare, my thought with Williams Nwaneri is, Assuming he doesn't get into trouble off the field, and I have no reason to suspect he will get in trouble off the field, like barring injury, that guy's a first-round pick one day because he's just too freakish and too special of a talent not to be. Some guys are just gifted to an immense degree. Williams, Nuaneri, and P.J. Atabari are two of those guys. Yeah, well, the, the two comps that we've laid out so far for uh, – for Williams Winery, uh, a little bit different. I would like to side with the Julius Peppers one. Uh, that that sounds a lot more fun. Uh, Terry Bussey had a comp as well. They, they had like the five star comps out there. Didn't have one for David Stone for whatever reason. Terry Bussey's is uh, Kendall Wright's, the current Vikings wide receiver and the former Baylor wide receiver who's been in the league for a decent amount of time now. Where was he drafted? I don't remember what round he was drafted. Kendall Wright coming out of Baylor. He was a pretty Baylor. high draft pick, as I recall. God, he would have played with RG3, right? Kendall Wright? Oh, gosh. I think he, I might, think he, he may have. Right. Yeah. That is going back a ways. 
Shoot. But again, it's like, oh, okay, like, I remember that name. But, like, normally comps for high school kids, normally they're, like, way too aggressive, right? Like, yeah. Patrick Mahomes seems to be the comp for, like, any sort of a, you know, a nice prospect coming out. Like, so normally they're way too aggressive. But I feel like some of these are on the, huh, okay, I don't really, that's, I haven't thought about that guy in 10 years. But, all right, if that's the comp that you want to give, sure. Yeah, Kendall Wright. Nice. I don't know. I, I, I didn't even know he's still in the league. I, I mean, I watched Jackson Arnold. My first thought isn't Rex Grossman either. But, you know, people get paid to do that stuff. Kendall Wright, they really had to dig for that one, I'm guessing. Uh, someone on the text line was asking. Let me find it again. Base, oh, Sam and Edmund. Does this Georgia news coming out give you more of a reason to believe Winery will be at OU, or does it not, or does it not have any effect on his decision? What is this? They had a prospect that was in some legal trouble, I guess. I would I would tend to think it has a very minimal impact yeah, look, on his I've, recruitment. I've had several people text me the article. I haven't had the chance to read it yet. But what I can say is that look, I hopefully you've never sensed any other message from me that isn't along the lines of in the end I believe Williams Noinary chooses Oklahoma because that's always been my feeling is Oklahoma, regardless of what other schools made a run or heated up or started trending, this was going to be OU's guy in the end. And I still feel that way. I have no reason not to feel that way. So does some ignominious news coming out of the Georgia football program change my feelings? No, not really, just because I already feel like that kid's going to be a Sooner anyway. Been a rough offseason so far for Georgia, hasn't it? I mean, it's been uh... – They've been in the news for all the wrong reasons. As so rough far. of an offseason as it can be for the defending national you, champions. Well, yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, they're way off on their comps, says K Dub in the 918. The more accurate comp for Williams Winery is a combination of Fergie and Baby Jesus. It's one heck of a stepbrother's uh, <laughs> mention right there. 1981 Norman High School had three offensive linemen signed D1 football scholarship Rick Yule, center at OU, Clay Miller, tackle at Michigan. Ted Million, uh, Ted Millen, Million, is that how you say it? Was a tackle for Duke. Yeah, that's not bad. Wow. It's not bad at all. But Gorman having two four stars and one five star is uh, is really good as well. Four oh five Xavier Robinson is more dominant in Class Five A than Cooper Alexander is in Class Three A. Well, yeah, I mean, say like any other player in the state of Oklahoma, like not just Cooper Alexander. I'm sure there's someone out there in high school football that had better numbers than Xavier Robinson, maybe somewhere, but there's not going to be a whole lot. So that that's the case for Xavier Robinson and probably like 99.9% or maybe even 100% of high school football players in Oklahoma last year. I mean, those numbers are just insane. 9.4 yards per carry. Are you kidding me? The only guy in Class 5A last year that could rival Xavier Robinson's sheer dominance is another guy that is going to be an Oklahoma Sooner, and that would be Eric McCarty. I guess he already is an Oklahoma Sooner. But those are the two guys that owned 5A high school football last year. I do wonder if that game, if that state championship game between Carl Albert and McAllister would have been any different had McCarty not been injured. But It would have been different. Like, Does the team that, that won it change? Maybe not. Probably but, not. You know, i, I got to think it would at least be a little bit different with Eric McCarty out there, you know? Next next OU commit, who slash win, says a texture in the 405. My money is on Wyatt Gilmore, four-star defensive end out of Rogers, Minnesota. Win, hashtag soon. 
Hashtag soon. Mm-hmm. That would give this staff uh, 19, 19 different states represented exactly. since yeah. they uh, got so, on campus. Not look, bad. either way, you know that unless Devon Mitchell takes the bag, which I guess isn't completely out of the realm of possibility, you're probably, like, in all likelihood, you're not waiting any longer than another week and a half for your next commitment because Mitchell announces on July 8th. So, assuming OU maintains the edge there, you're going to sign, or you're going to not sign, but you're going to get a commitment from your top tight end target. And that should help open the floodgates for what ought to be a very fruitful month of July on the trail for Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, 2025 rankings for the state of Oklahoma are out, according to Rivals. we got the top five players in the state for 2025. Interesting list there. David Stone doing some volunteering work today across the state. whole lot of recruiting to get to next. Keep it locked on the ref. All right, final segment locked in with McComas and Thune live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. Robert and Harris says Jason Taylor, former Miami Dolphin, is Williams Winery comp. Okay. A lot more recognizable than the name I uh, read off last segment. That's that's for sure. So Rivals has their uh, top five players in the state of Oklahoma for 2025, not 24, 2025 updated. And regardless of if this is in the right order or not, man, for a top five, this is... This looks nice. They're all rated as uh, four stars currently. Elijah Thomas, the number one player in the state, wide receiver from uh, Shakota. Nate Roberts, the Washington tight end, committed to Notre Dame, is at two. Tristan Haynes, the Carl Albert corner, is listed at number three. C.J. Nixon, the Weatherford outside linebacker, is listed at four. And then Jaden Nickens, the four-star athlete from Millwood, listed at five. Like I said, if that's in the right order, cool. If not, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good top five from this state. It's a really good top five. That list doesn't include Kevin Sperry either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's going to at some point. Uh-huh. It will. So yeah, twenty twenty five. I mean, we've talked about it. I, we've been talking about it for upwards of a year at this point. Twenty twenty five is going to be one of the best classes ever produced by the state of Oklahoma in terms of high school talent. Be nice to get Tristan Haynes in. Four-star corner out of Carl Albert. He's already got two teammates that are committed. That certainly can't hurt. I don't know how he currently feels about OU, but he's his quarterback will be at OU, and then uh, his running back will be at OU a year early. But you sign those, you sign all those Carl Albert kids. What you got? Five offers at, out, out at Carl Albert right now. Five. Yeah. Yeah. There could potentially you go five be five for five. There, that'd be r- real nice. Yeah, and I know they got a couple kids coming up in the class of twenty twenty six that could be nationally. Regarded, uh, regarded and acclaimed guys as well on the recruiting trail. So, Dean Choctaw, did something happen to the surprise commit supposed to be happening this week? Well, the timeline got pushed back a little bit. Like I said, expected that one on Monday evening, but it'll it'll still happen this week. There will uh, be there will be a pleasant surprise on the way. Four oh five. The only way Georgia's offseason could get any worse is if they had a few players pull an assault and armed robbery of a drug dealer. Yeah, and then a local recruiting reporter was there live at a Brahms to witness it firsthand. <laughs> Live through all of that. Live through all of that. I wasn't the recruiting reporter that was at Brahms. Well, what an eventful year 2021 was. Sheesh. So much hope and expectations. I'll have to write a book about it one day. Like there, there were, uh, there were, and I know it sounds crazy now, but 
some will remember that there were national title aspirations heading into 2021. And once that offseason started, if you could have, I don't know, like worst case scenario, like I, I feel like worst case scenario happened in 2021. That incident happened. You didn't even make it to the conference championship game. Uh, your coach leaves after the year, which, hey, maybe that's a blessing in disguise now. But you get the point. For what was supposed to happen in 2021 or what thought could happen, um, it went the exact opposite way. It was, it, was, it was bad. Very bad. Somebody on the text line earlier brought up the fact, well, you're selling it as the – Best running back class of all time at Oklahoma. I can remember a time where Oklahoma signed their best wide receiver class in history, and all those guys washed out. Referring, of course, to the 2019 ah, class. So this running back class can't be great because a wide receiver class a few years ago didn't pan out. Gotcha. Well, logic. I think it was more cautionary than it. And that, that's kind of why I was careful to add the disclaimer that, look, I'm not saying this – running back class turns out to be the most productive running back class you've ever had because it's far too early to project that. But on paper, it's tough to recall, Tyler, a more impressive running back class than the one that would theoretically include Xavier Robinson, Caden Durham, and Taylor Tatum at Oklahoma. Just like on paper, yeah, that 2019 wide receiver class was probably the best in program history. Uh, text from the 918, Vladimir Putin took power on May 7th, 2000. OU hasn't won a national championship since. Therefore, OU will win a championship when Putin loses power. We're getting close, people. Does the war in Ukraine help with recruiting? Hashtag, does this help with recruiting? Is that why they stopped the coup so early? The coup was full of Texas fans and they realized the timeline? Jeez, unbelievable. By the way, Nebraska gets the number one player in the state, four-star tight end Carter Nelson, so Ah, they continue to roll there. That kid's good, man. The rush is coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref.